Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact Podcast, episode 53, and boy, oh boy, do we have some announcements to start off with. Okay, first of all, I hope that today's episode is very thought-provoking and makes you kind of sit back and think a little bit differently about your trajectory in the nonprofit field, because when I first heard this from a a college professor, it blew my freaking mind. Uh, Number two, please stick around to the end of the episode. I will be kind of switching out the I'll be switching out the uh, the nonprofit feature of the week for a social enterprise feature of the week. And I'm super, super excited about it. It's been like, it. this has been a social enterprise that I have loved since like 2014. Uh, it's an obsession, but I, I love it. I'm cool with it. And lastly, I have an announcement that's kind of a fun ask, a fun favor of you all. So on the on the back end, on the secret side of Operation Not Alone, not secret side, but you know, when we work as a team and we meet biweekly, obviously just touch base for things for Operation Not Alone, where we are in certain projects. But one thing we really have been noodling on is the Ona Boutique, which if you're new around here, hey, hi, hello, my name is Susan, and I love all things nonprofits and social enterprises. So Operation Alone is the nonprofit organization I founded back when I was 18 years old out of my freshman college dorm room, if you listen to the intro of this episode. And since then, we have grown tremendously. We now have six different services um, that we offer to military members, veterans, their families, the community, um, even our college students for college intern program, which by the way, if you're also looking for a college internship, if that's the demographic that's currently listening to this podcast, please send me an email and your resume at susan at operationalone.net. But we also have a social enterprise branch off of it, which is called the ONA Boutique, the ONA Boutique. And that really has our original two lines um, that both my, my, my VP, my right-hand gal, uh, Mackenzie and I created, which were the Make an Impact line and the Futurist Female line. I've thought a lot about the shop for a while over the last year. It's been about a year and a half that we've even had the Ona Boutique. Um, and I really have just been thinking a lot about how I wanted to handle the boutique, what I wanted to do, especially when I evaluated past like the one-year mark. And I'll be honest, there was a huge part of me that kind of thought about like shutting the boutique down uh, and not really continuing it anymore. And then another part of me, obviously like different ideas, different fun things that we could totally do. Ultimately, the team kind of decided and really advocated for the idea of expanding the boutique and wanting to actually like, you know, add some different designs, some different lines, some other kind of really fantastic uh, sayings and fun things that were really aligned with the Ona Boutique mission, which is quite broader than the um, operational loan mission, which really is just t- being empowering and inspiring, um, particularly to people in the nonprofit field and the social enterprise field. So 
I was very excited about it. Uh, and so to that, I just think it would be really fun for people of this audience, for people who have been a part of the Make an Impact clan for, my goodness, almost a year. I can't believe July will hit a year uh, for the show, but I thought it would just be really fun to get your input on it. I definitely want to hear from you all. I want to know like what kind of things you would love to see from the boutique, not just in terms of actual like products. Like I, Again, we really started so small just as a tester, um, which is why we have those super soft tees and then the gold bar necklaces, but if there's a certain thing you want to see, if there's a certain uh, like vibe that you kind of want to see that kind of goes along with something like make an impact the future is female really along these inspiring and empowering lines um let me know what you would want to see i would love to get feedback from you all on this um always you can slide into my dms on instagram my personal one is at Susan Foch or the podcast one is at Make an Impact Podcast. You can also email me again, Susan at operationalone.net. Uh, I guess you could also slide into the Operational Alone Instagram account too. Uh, so many ways to get a hold of me on Instagram. So totally works for you there. Yeah, I just really want to know what you guys would be super interested in what you would love to see from the boutique as we kind of get ready for this huge relaunch and ready for a new generation of the of the boutique. Uh, so hit me up on that and keep your eyes open for when we are ready for for a new relaunch. I think it'll be it'll be not think I know it'll be so exciting. So very excited to share that all with you. But also yeah, give us a give us some feedback. Give us what let me know what you would like to see. And of course, as always, I cannot end the announcement section of this, uh, of the show without begging, pleading, singing, uh, really just encouraging and pleading for more ratings and reviews. Maybe that's like not cool to say that I was like begging for them, but you know what? It's a, it's a dog eat dog world, especially in the podcasting world. I cannot describe to you how much we need it, how much I need it, how much the show needs it in order to be successful and thriving and happy and loving and <laughs> all of these great things and just help spread more impact and share more love um, across the podcasting world and hopefully land in someone's uh, someone's nonprofit loving lap so um, or entrepreneurial lap. So please help me out with a rating or review. You can share it on social. You can do any of the fun things. I just would really, really greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much in advance. Enough of the announcements. Let's head into today's topic. So something I just, I, it's been really weighing on my mind the last couple of weeks, this idea that, you know, as we work harder towards nonprofits, we're working on really building up and creating solutions for these things that, you know, if we go back to episode three, where I talk about the fact that passion isn't pretty. And then I also spent the weekend uh, speaking at the Wisconsin Leadership Seminar, which is a absolutely fantastic uh, leadership seminar weekend for high school students in Wisconsin that I was incredibly blessed and lucky to go to when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, like one sophomore in every high school goes every year. I've talked about it. It's like the featured nonprofit of the week. It's an amazing organization. And I was talking to students there for two days about how to channel your passion into service and really talking about how like the longstanding actual method for it is finding something that you're really angry about, the thing that kind of keeps you up at night. 
And usually in terms of social justice, in terms of human rights, uh, not just like someone cutting you off in traffic, making you angry, <laughs> um, you know, what really is kind of boiling your blood like deep down in your soul. And then also figuring out what is the actual underlying theme with that? What is the underlying uh, feeling and emotion that's attached to that? Because anger is always really a surface level emotion. And then figuring out a innovative solution and then take action into service. And so to that, I just want to like, I think about the fact that we are all nonprofit professionals or entrepreneurs and specifically social entrepreneurs because we're solving a problem, right? We're solving a problem. We are creating solutions towards an injustice, an imbalance, an equality, a something that we are seeing in the world that is driving us nuts enough that we've decided to create to like dedicate our entire career to it right whether it has something to do with a certain illness um if it's about maybe abuse of human beings or animals or the environment whatever it is like we have to take action on those things so maybe it's in nonprofits maybe it's starting a business maybe it was uh becoming a lawyer and you are advocating and fighting for the little guy in that way. Maybe you are an advocate, an activist, or a lobbyist. Maybe you're rewriting policy on the entire thing. However it floats your boat, however you're taking service, like we're doing it because we're solving a problem. And what I always thought was so funny, and I will always remember this conversation I had in college. I was uh, deep in my major of human services leadership at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, and I was taking a, I think it was a grant writing class or it was a financial, it was some, it was some kind of finance, I forgot the fancy name of it, but it was a financial class for nonprofits and like nonprofit budgeting and doing kind of all that stuff. And it was super cool because the professor that we had actually founded her own nonprofit in the Oshkosh area. And it actually was a therapy center. And it was a, like an intensive therapy center um, in the area. Like patients could live on site there and they had really great animal therapy. Like they you know, had like horses and all these other things on site. Really awesome opportunity and venue for these patients to go and and get really uh, focused and dedicated care. And it was super cool. And I also really loved, obviously, as a college professor, like she was coming at us with real life experience being a founder of a nonprofit herself. It wasn't just like something she read out of a book and was was regurgitating. And at that point, so I had had operational loan for two, possibly three years at the time that I took that course. And there was another guy in the class. And this is this is a small class. This is maybe like 16 people. And there was a guy in the class who was talking about like one of his biggest dreams coming out of college was to start a nonprofit organization. Like that was his huge dream. Like that was what he wanted to do. And I'm not quite sure that he necessarily had the vision or idea of what it was going to be or what he was going to focus on. But he phrased it like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I I also just like want to be my own boss and I want to have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. I want to take control of like my schedule and, you know, do all these things, but also do good for the world. So that's why I'm going to become a nonprofit founder so that I have this job that I'm creating for myself in this job security. And my professor cackled, like straight up 
cackled uncontrollably. It was like almost like a like a horror movie, like not like a horror movie. It was like the uh, it was almost like a villain in like a Disney movie kind of like cackle like laugh. And she just was kind of going off and she was like, oh, honey, no, 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 no. She's like, here's the thing. She's like, your dream of wanting to found a nonprofit organization. Amazing. Outstanding. You go, Glen Coco. She was like, but the idea that you want it so that you can have this job security for the long run of your life, she's like, absolutely incorrect. Because the point, and like this blew my mind, blew my mind when I listened to this. Also, because again, at this point, like I had had operational loan for a few years, uh, but she blew my mind and she was like, no, the goal of any nonprofit worker, any nonprofit employee, any nonprofit founder is to one day not have a job. Your goal is to one day not have a job. Crazy, right? Well, let's break that down. She was like, the point that you, she's like, you're going to start this nonprofit because you really care about this cause, right? And he was like, yeah. And I'm just going to, and I can't remember what he wanted to do for his nonprofit. So for the sake of this example, I'm going to pick my favorite example, which is um, hunger and homelessness. So let's just because I think that those are very easy, like cause effect solution type nonprofits um, and and focus causes. So I'm going to, well, and let's just, let's even break it down further. Let's just talk about the hunger part of it, right? So if battling poverty with, with hunger, childhood hunger, um, the cycles of generational hungry, or the cycle of generational hunger and poverty, if that is what lights you up, that is what you are so passionate about is really helping to break those cycles of poverty and making sure that you know f- uh, food disparity is not something that we're we're dealing with in our communities and our country and let's just let's just roll with that example so you let's say that you start like a whole new nonprofit about hunger and and battling hunger because you have this like new amazing innovative idea of how we can conquer hunger in our community and it's going to totally revolutionize the the food pantry like model and and how we're dealing with hunger and homelessness and it's just going to be this amazing new organization like you found out the new solution well the thing is is that your goal actually one day is to not have a job is in that field to not work anymore because that would mean that you actually succeeded. That would mean that you you solved that problem. You don't want to have a job anymore in nonprofits because that would mean that the demographic that you are serving no longer needs you to serve them. So in this case, that would mean you eradicated the problem of hunger. You eradicated the problem of generational poverty and hunger and kids are not going to sleep at night, you know, their stomachs growling. They are not relying on the public school system for a well for their only well-balanced meal. That's what that would mean. You hope to one day no longer have a job in your nonprofit field because that means that you are ultimately succeeded in your goal 
to end a problem or to find a solution to a problem. A better one that maybe has already existed is, um, I, I think a really great one for this is like diseases, right? Uh, we don't have nonprofits about polio anymore. Because we eradicated polio. Polio is not a disease people are fighting anymore. Also because we have a successful vaccine. What? Uh, that's one of the reasons why that disease was eradicated. But the point is, is like, we don't need advocates, lobbyists, uh, marketing campaigns. We don't need specific like wings and hospitals and nurses that are trained for polio. We don't need any more research money. We don't need any more like awareness causes. We don't need any of these things for polio because that problem has been solved. That disease has been eradicated. The vaccine has been distributed, has been successful, has been widely administered. People do not have to worry about polio anymore. So when she just like sat there and blew his mind and blew my mind when he was like, yeah, I would just want to become a nonprofit founder so that I can do the thing that my heart and my soul is calling me to do, which is absolutely beautiful and amazing. Do not get me wrong. But so that I also have this like job security. So it was like this like entrepreneurial, you know, vision, but doing good. She was like, no, she's like, you don't want to have job security as a nonprofit professional, because that would mean that the problem is just going to keep going round and round and round. We want to solve these problems. And that would mean eventually one day not having our organizations anymore. And I think, you know, in terms of me for operational loan, sometimes that's super weird. <laughs> that's really, really strange to think about, you know, the idea. Cause I, and I thought about that for me, I was like, well, geez, what would it take for operational loan to no longer exist in the idea that we solve that problem? And unfortunately, I think something being tied to the military and then also mental health. And maybe this sounds super cheesy. This is also going to sound very miscongeniality of me, but I honestly think that we won't have a solution that would end the need for something like Operation Alone until we had like world peace. And that sounds real cheesy. But I, I mean, that would literally require the fact that we didn't need or had a military base anymore. Um, or we just didn't, we just did not have the U.S. military uh, no veterans were committing suicide. Mental health was magically fixed and cured in everyone's brains and hearts and souls and serotonin levels were just amazingly happy all the time forever. Great. <laughs> Obviously, some, some nonprofits are a lot harder to think about like, okay, well, if I fully solved this problem and the problem was done and the world was beautiful and happy, this is why I like to use things like hunger and homelessness because, again, they're not simple nonprofits by any mean. I am not like disparaging the work that those people do. I just mean like that's a really clear... I think like cause effect solution uh, problem. You know, again, diseases, the same thing. Like the American Cancer Society would one day love to be out of business. Okay. The Susan G. Coleman uh, breast cancer for a cure one day would love to be out of business because that would mean that we have either uh, eradicated those diseases, we either just fully eradicate the idea of cancer, don't even think that's possible, or we find a cure, we find a cure for cancer. Uh, we don't need more research money. Like we we have the research, we found the cure. <laughs> and now it's just the, the matter of, you know, prevention and 
good high quality care for these people and making sure that their their diagnosis and then treatment processes are very quick and efficient and painless and hopefully also doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to have your cancer be rid of your body. Those cause, again, diseases, hunger and homelessness, all types of nonprofits that would be really helpful in this kind of situation because there is a very clear end. There's a very clear, like, we can all go out of business and we can all go home super happy and get, like, Nobel Peace Prizes if we find the cure for this disease. So I'm using those as good examples of very clear end dates. But that is really the point. If you are in the nonprofit field, if you are a nonprofit professional, even if you're a social entrepreneur, if you are someone who is in this field because you, well, first of all, you probably are because you are an amazing, delightful, bleeding heart, do-gooder, just amazing person. But there, it's also because you have a solution that you want to see. You have an end goal for what problem your nonprofit is trying to solve. And the funny thing is, is that once you get there, it's actually the weirdest reward ever to just magically not have a job anymore. And not just because you retired at 65 and you were like, peace out, I get to go fishing or crocheting or whatever you do when you retired. I don't know. I'm very far away from that point in my life. But you get to have this moment where you're like, you know what, I solved this whole problem that I set out to solve. So nonprofits are never good job security because our ultimate goal is to solve a problem. And honestly, that is beautiful. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so I'm really excited. Today, we are going to talk about the first social enterprise uh, feature of the week. This is a little different from the nonprofit feature of the week, but I'm really excited because this one I have loved and held very close to my heart since the beginning of this whole journey for me in general. So again, uh, very early college. I would say... I I believe I actually was in high school. I was a waitress at this local pizza joint when I think Tom Shoes really became a hot ticket, hot button item uh, when people were really understanding and hearing about the one for one model for the very first time. And that was just because like it seemed every waitress had a freaking pair of those shoes because they were super comfortable to, to be in your feet and run around all day in. And so that was like the first time I even heard of the idea of a social enterprise, this idea that there was this company that was out there in the world doing good for the world, uh, but was also kind of making money. It was the strangest idea in high school. And then fast forward a couple of years later. So again, I founded Operation Alone my freshman year. My sophomore year, I got to go to a, a very interesting conference. I was also part of Greek life at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, and my second year I was on the Panhellenic Council, which is like the overall governing body of Greek life. And on that council, I got to go to um, AFLV Central, which stands for the Association of Fraternal Leadership and Values. So I got to go to this conference in 2014, and at the time, I was the vice president of like community service and philanthropy. So I got to go strictly to all of the workshops and conference rooms about literally like just doing service and philanthropy, which was like heaven on earth to me uh, because my calling in life has never been obvious. (laughs) Kidding. So I was having a ball and a half 
going around, like I literally was, I was so nerdy. I was sprinting to like all these different like workshops and lectures and rooms because I just wanted to learn so much more about what all of these like people had to say and think about philanthropy and how other universities were really structuring their, their methods. And I was so stinking excited. And to the point that I was like really late for one session. And so all of the chairs were filled up. So I just went to the back of the room and I sat my happy ass down like on the floor in the back. And thankfully I was wearing the correct dress that I could still sit crisscross applesauce. Yeah, literally just like hung out in the back of the room. All of a sudden, maybe like five minutes later, this girl walks in that honestly like strikingly looked so much like like my cousin that I kind of looked at her like and I had to do a super double take and I was like what and she looked around the room so she looked my age really recognized you know I felt like I really recognized her and she looked around the room saw that everything was taken so she came and she just like sat next to me on the floor (laughs) and so she and I got to chit-chatting like throughout the presentation and I was uh you know, and I eventually was asking her, I was like, oh, what school are you with? And, you know, like, what sorority are you in? And she's like, and she goes, oh, I'm not. I'm actually one of the speakers. I just like, I have, a, you know, some downtime before like my next presentation. So, you know, I'd like to come and, you know, see other people's work and, and catch what other people are doing and talking about. And this girl looked exactly like me and again, my age. So I was like, what do you mean you're a presenter and you're not a student? Like what in the world? And so that's when she was telling me that she, a couple, I actually just think like two years before that she was like oh well I actually when I was in college founded this company called Headbands of Hope which was also it followed the Tom's model because shocker I know she had seen uh, Blake Mikoski speak at her school which is the University of uh, North Carolina yeah so she got really inspired by his talk on the one-for-one model for social enterprises and so she actually had ended up starting Headbands of Hope, which is also, again, a one-for-one company where every time you buy a headband, one was donated to a child who had lost their hair due to childhood cancer, and one dollar of every purchase is donated to, to the St. Baldrick's Foundation for Cancer Research. And I was mesmerized by this girl, you guys. Like, I ate every word up, but also because everything about her was like so humble, so chill, literally like just all the seats were taken. She's a speaker at this huge conference, still looked around the floor and just came to sit crisscross applesauce with me on the back of the floor. (laughs) And I just like, I just, this was all like a moment I never have forgotten. I still like idolize this woman to this day. She's also someone who, and I'll be super honest, like, I talked about uh, comparison fatigue a few episodes back. I think it was episode 49. And she definitely is someone who, for me, like, sometimes can be kind of that trigger that I definitely compare myself to her all the time about, like, why am I not further along? Why am I not, like, at the level that she's at? I'm only, like, one or two years younger than her. Like, how is she just, like, soaring above the top (laughs) to everything else? And I'm, you know, feel like I'm in that dust. But I also choose to really look at her as an expander for me to really understand like things that are possible in a social enterprise and world helping world changing field instead of feeling like plagued with envy or jealousy uh, for her career because I think what she's doing is absolutely amazing but so now it really has transformed. Her business has just become so crazy. So they don't just do like headbands anymore. They have just a lot of, in general, like headwear. So it's a lot of things 
uh, for all genders. Uh, you know, anyone can really find something like on their website. They still have that one for one model, though, where they still donate things to children who have lost their hair, whether it's maybe like bandanas or baseball caps for boys, um, headbands, maybe like other just like fun kind of head decorative pieces like for girls, whatever it is. And they also still donate one dollar of every purchase back to the St. Baldrick's Foundation for Cancer Research. They have donated headbands and just like headpieces to children in I think like every children's hospital across the country. They've raised millions for the St. Baldrick's Foundation. It's an incredible social enterprise. And it honestly, like ever since that day that I met her, I like just, I've, I've literally have followed her on social media ever since. I have, again, eaten like every word up. She was giving me advice even on operational loan as we were like just sitting at the back of this conference. I actually had her, I had our Greek life, like book her to be our Greek life um, or our Greek week speaker uh, the next year so that she could come back to campus and I could like catch up with her in person there. Um, and now she's just become, she wrote a book, which was actually the first uh, read of the week that I've featured on the Make an Impact podcast uh, Instagram, which is called Chasing the Bright Side. She's launched some other businesses since then. One about journaling called like White Bright Pages. Uh, One about like helping other females really break into the speaking space, uh, which is called the Mic Drop Workshop, which I also took that course and is something that really helped me launch my career um, as a speaker as well. It just like, she's just such an incredible person. Headbands of Hope is such an incredible social enterprise, but it really was the first social enterprise that I started following really intimately after Tom's Shoes. Again, I like couldn't rave about it enough. I have a bunch of headbands. I also like more recently got like a bunch of scrunchies <laughs> um, and stuff just because that definitely has become an obsession of mine for hair care and really amazing company. Something, again, a company, a speaking career, author, all of these things and just all around like powerhouse amazing woman that I definitely look at as an expander. Um, and I'm really grateful because right now I also get to be a new affiliate for them. This does end in a code. I will say that. Uh, yeah, the code is impact for $5 off your next order at headbandsofhope.com. But I really would just encourage anyone to honestly like follow Jess, follow Headbands of Hope, follow herself. Like she shares a lot of amazing content. She's a very just like cool, humble, down to earth, like really just an amazing human. I do idolize her a lot. I follow her career and just like the amazing things that she's doing a lot. I think anyone who's following this podcast would be incredibly moved and inspired by her work and would love to see all the things that she's doing. Again, huge expander, huge inspiration. Um, And again, I've loved Headbands of Hope since like 2014. So if anyone would like to, again, head to headbandsofhope.com, see a little bit of what they're about, figure out how they're really nailing this one-for-one method and also still donating to charity at the exact same time. Again, you can use code IMPACT for $5 off your next order at headbandsofhope.com. Join me in like owning way too many scrunchies that are humanly possible. Uh, And again, they've got like baseball caps and beanies and bandanas and they were making masks for a super long time in the pandemic. I've got a lot of really fun stuff on there. So definitely go check out their site use the code for $5 off. And yeah, because it still is going to make magic happen for other people 
fighting cancer around around the country. So that is our social enterprise feature of the week. It replaces our nonprofit feature of the week this week. Awesome organization, awesome mission, awesome founder. So uh, that is it. That's everything, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. Go out and do something, even if it's something super small, to change the world a little bit this week, even if it's just your own world, because that's where change starts, right? One person at a time. It starts with you, my sweet friend. And go make an impact on your world. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.